Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia here with you this week. Uh, Jasper, no Mike with us this week. You know, he just really wanted to go outside and shovel some snow and go to work. But thank you for being kind enough to join me this week. Yeah, of course. Unlike Mike, who is just simply obsessed with his physical appearance, and that's why he goes outside. It's so he can just lift things at any. You remember those old uh, Planet Fitness commercials? The I pick things up, I put them down. Uh, <laughs> those were based directly on Mike Angliano's life. Uh, they hit the target audience. They really did. And he, you know, he's a muscle bound freak, but we love him anyway. And, uh, while he can't be here this week, uh, we're very happy to both be here. And, you know, the Pistons have been floundering just, just a little bit over the last seven games. Um, but still a lot of positive things to take away and a lot of things coming up on the horizon with the trade deadline just around the corner, Aaron. Yeah, we are going to get into the trade deadline. we got some stuff to work uh, work out before that. But first, let's talk about one of our first sponsors. That's BetOnline. Uh, BetOnline is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the NFL playoffs, basketball season, and more with props, odds, and lines that are better than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome to bo- welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game begins. Aaron, have you uh, you made any any Super Bowl bets yet? I haven't. I am. Um, I was doing okay, and then I had a little bit of a cold streak, and I I'm going to bet on the Super Bowl, but I'm going to wait till the weekend to do it. Um, okay, makes sense. Yeah, you know, I got some time to kind of just you know, with a week to go, I've got some time to just kind of take a break, you know, reset a little bit. Um, but I definitely will, and uh, I bet online. It might be the place that I'm betting, and it should be the place you're betting with the 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. Um, I don't know about you. I'm ready to start talking about the Pistons, Jasper. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, look, I could be, I could mention my my uh, 13 leg parlay that I have on the Super Bowl, but the Pistons are almost as exciting as that sometimes. <laughs> well, give a, you'll have to give us a breakdown if it hits. If it, <laughs> I don't it think. Hits. I don't think that's right. I hit a I hit a six leg parlay last week. Uh, so I'm riding high. 
I figured double down in every <laughs> sense of the word. So let's do it. Just let it ride, baby. All right. Well, let's get into our first topic of today's show, and that's the the injuries, uh, the new injuries, the old injuries, the injuries that continue to play a significant role in the Detroit Pistons season. Jeremy Grant returned on Wednesday against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, he's now played two games for Detroit as we're recording the show. We're recording it on Friday morning. So there is a game uh, tonight against Boston. So by the time you're listening to it, you may have not, we may or may not have already seen that game. Um, but Jeremy Grant, 20 points, five rebounds against Minnesota in his second game back, but probably something that's a little bit more important at this point is the fact that Kate Cunningham left the game in the second half on Wednesday against New Orleans with a right hip pointer injury. He did not come back and he did not play against Minnesota. His status for the Boston game as of now is questionable. So the Pistons get Jeremy Grant back, but then immediately lose Cade Cunningham. And it's just part of a season where nothing really seems to be breaking right for the Pistons overall. Yeah, it was frustrating too, because they got Jeremy Grant back just and Kelly Olenek back as well. Can't forget that they they also were missing Kelly Olenek uh, in in uh, health protocols. And it's frustrating because it came just one game after they had that fantastic comeback victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers where they were uh, down 15 to nothing in the first quarter, came back to win 115-105. It felt like really a a statement victory in a lot of ways, especially with Cade Cunningham struggling so much in the first half, coming back in the second half, putting up a triple double. And then you're like, wow, this is such a great victory. Now they're getting the, the equally lowly uh, Pelicans coming back. You have Kelly Olynyk. you have Jeremy Grant. Isn't this great? Jeremy Grant looks good. He's three for three. And Oh, now Cade Cunningham is out for the rest of the game with a hip pointer. It was it was really quite a letdown, Aaron, I, I have to say. And I'm assuming Cade's probably not going to play tonight uh, on a back-to-back. I mean, hip pointers are they're, – they're painful injuries. They hurt. And he's probably going to be out for at least a week. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say about it, Aaron, other than it's, it's so disappointing because it seems like this is just kind of how the season – has gone overall, you know, there's, there's a bright spot and then all of a sudden something negative happens or, you know, things seem so, so bleak and then they come out and they get a big win over another team. So uh, it, it, it was really indicative of how this season has gone so far. They just can't get everybody healthy on the floor at the same time, especially their key players. Yeah, it's it's just been a a walking door or a revolving door of injuries for this team. It started with Cade Cunningham, uh, you know, who's out at the beginning of the season. He came back. Kelly Olynyk went down. Then Jeremy Grant went down. Grant returned. Olynyk returned. Olynyk actually returned. Then went back into COVID protocol. So he played two games and then went into COVID protocols and was back out. Jeremy Grant just came back. Frank Jackson spent time. Uh, with a leg injury and in COVID protocols, Killian Hayes had multiple different injuries already this season. I mean, that's just five guys right off the bat that have all missed, you know, numerous games. And some of them have missed significant time, primarily Grant and Olenek. And when you add up Cunningham's first stint uh, injured, and now this second one could 
that could end up being significant time as well if you add them all up. We don't necessarily know how long he's going to be out. He's questionable for the game against Boston. Um, I think it's, you know, maybe he plays, but if not, it could end up being a, a weak like injury, something like that. Uh, but a lot of guys that are key players in a missed time, and it's been really unfortunate for Detroit because I was interested in seeing this team at full strength, knowing full well that they're still not probably a very good team, but just being able to work on different lineups and try to see if Grant and Cunningham and Bay gel together. Does Where does Frank Jackson fit in? Is he that guy that kind of evens out that lineup with those three as just a really good shooter and smart defender? But the injuries have really, really been an issue. On the flip side, I think Jeremy Grant had a really, really nice game against Minnesota. I think that's the role that I envision him playing with this team. Detroit didn't spend a ton of time isolating with him. He quickly attacked the basket once he caught the ball at the high post. Didn't stand around, dribble right at you know the free throw line and end up pulling up for a contested jumper. He made quick decisions to attack the basket and finish or kick out. Uh, he made a couple three-pointers. It was a very, very good Jeremy Grant game offensively. And we also got to see what the Pistons are going to need from Jeremy Grant on the defensive end. He is a great help side rim protector. He is mm-hmm. able to guard good wings. Like that was the fully optimized Jeremy Grant. And it was without Cade Cunningham. But once they all get on the court together, like that, those three of Grant, Cunningham, and then Sadiq Bey, who flirted with a triple double, I believe it was 21 points, 11 or 13 rebounds, and eight assists, something like that yep. uh, against Minnesota. That's a trio that you can work with and, and by next year you'll be, be, add, be adding a top pick in the draft you'll have cap space to work with like there is the makeup of a good team there and I know people want to trade Jeremy Grant and want to I guess now trade Frank Jackson um but well wait just to be clear Aaron I'm not saying I am saying I'm not saying trade Frank Jackson if a team offers you of late, a first round pick at any point in the first round for Frank Jackson. Are you taking that? Yes or no? Not, not the. I don't want oh. the 28th pick in the draft. You're crazy. Yes, you take it. Why? Oh, I feel like I'm oh. taking crazy pills here. Yes, 100% you take that. Look, if a team offered you a first rounder for Wayne Ellington or Reggie Bullock uh, uh, over the last couple of years, are you taking a first rounder for either of those guys? Those players aren't Frank Jackson. They are – I disagree. I think Reggie Bullock, actually, if anything, is a better player than Frank Jackson. At this point when they traded time, When they traded Reggie Bullock, he was a better player than Frank Jackson was. At any point, Frank has been with the Pistons. Frank Jackson is 23 years old. He's got another year left on his contract. and uh, Reggie Bullock was, what, 24 at the time? 25 at the very oldest? I'd say Frank Jackson is playing better basketball than Ellington or – Reggie oh, I think you're wrong. Reggie Bullock was a better defender than Frank Jackson is when he was in Detroit, and he was a better three-point shooter too. Frank Jackson gives the Pistons something that they desperately need on the floor with some of their high-usage guys like Grant or like Cunningham. Mm. He's a marksman spot-up shooter. He competes on the defensive end. He's and he's, he's 23 years old. Like there is he's still room to grow. He's, he's so, replaceable, but are you replacing him at, with a with the 28th pick in the draft who might end up being 23 years old himself? Like that's fine. About but a guy that may or may not be an NBA level player over a guy that is proving he's an NBA level player is 23 years old is on a very friendly contract for next season. And 
you know he fits with some of your key pieces. Like the guy you drafted, 27, 28, 29, may not end up being an NBA player overall. I think there's, and I'm not saying this about you, but anytime Pistons, I see on Pistons Twitter, we, we're, they talk about a player. It's, oh, he's playing good. We should trade him. That's not how you build a, a team. You cannot build a team on rookie contracts that's going to be able to contend. That it, it just, you have to be, you have to pay good players. You have to pay players that are helping you win basketball games. Heck, Frank Jackson almost won the Pistons that game against Minnesota last night with the way he got hot in the second half. I mean, he is more than just a spot up shooter. He is, he's not just that. And that's what Wayne Ellington was for Detroit. This is a guy that's 23 years old. You can lock him up for his prime. He still has room to grow. He fits with your team and he's playing really, really good basketball. If you're getting, if you're talking about, oh, I can get the 16th pick in the draft. That's a different story. You're talking. Oh no, about there's no way you're having the chance at a guy. But that's you know, insane. That's a fringe lottery guy. Well, but of course, you're you're not gonna get that from. But at the same time, the 28th no. pick in the draft just doesn't excite me. If you have something else on the roster that you can trade for, you know that that's gonna get you that fine. But Frank Jackson is a proven NBA player, and he has a role on this Pistons team moving forward. The basketball that he's playing right now is very high level, and it's not worth giving up to take a shot in the dark. Aaron, I agree with your evaluation of Frank Jackson's play right now. I disagree with what you're saying, though. This is a team, and I, we've said this. We, I know you agree with me. This is a team that needs talented players. And when you're drafting, even to the back of the first round, dude, like Desmond Bain was the last pick of the first round just last year. Like Jimmy Butler was the 30th pick in the draft. Yes, of course, there's a good chance you're not getting anyone there. There is a good chance. But there's also a chance that you're getting a player that is a, that is a really good player. You're taking a shot at somebody. It's a gamble, of course. But, like, I know what Frank Jackson is. And I know I can replace Frank Jackson's skill set. It's probably the easiest skill set to replace in the entire league. A, a, a shooter. Like, those are just guys that right now grow on trees. And he doesn't provide enough in any other facet of the game. For me to say this is a guy that's not touchable for a for a first rounder, period. I'm not trading him for two second rounders, no. But a, anything in that first round, absolutely, I will trade it for Frank Jackson. This is a team that needs talent. Frank Jackson is a talent, but he's not talented enough to justify uh, keeping him on the roster when you have the chance to, to improve that roster more significantly with a draft pick. That's what I believe. And you can always bring in another Frank Jackson. I hear what you're saying about the contract. I hear what you're saying about the age, but you know what? There's a good chance you can find a Frank Jackson somewhere in the draft as well. So uh, for me, um, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but I absolutely have to take that, that gamble uh, if I'm Troy Weaver in the Pistons, because boy, I mean, the, the back end of the bench, I mean, we even saw it. Their guards without Cade, it's still pretty freaking rough, man. It, it wasn't a good showing against the Timberwolves. Um, they played okay. Uh, you know, they made their way back, but you look at Corey Joseph, Killian Hayes combined for nine points, uh, 10 rebounds and five assists. That's simply not going to cut it from your, from your backcourt getting 50 minutes. No doubt. I, I do want to stick on this Jackson talk because sure. I, I, I was hoping we'd get into it when we talked about the trade deadline, but I'm okay with getting into it now um, because I think this is, this is an interesting conversation. Uh, you mentioned you can get guys at the back end of the first round. I mean, Desmond Bain was the 30th pick 
in last year's draft. And yeah, absolutely. But those are not going to happen very often. Like there's the, the chances of you finding a Desmond Bain type guy, 28, 29, 30 in the draft. Very, very, very low. Probably a 20% chance. Once every five years, you get a good player at the 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, whatever. And on the flip side, the Pistons have a second round pick. So couldn't they, in theory, get that in the second round? I mean, Draymond Green's a second round draft pick. Nikolai Jokic is a second round draft pick. There are scouting departments are going to find guys wherever, you know, like it doesn't have to be pick 27, pick 20, 29. If, if there's a guy that is good and your scouting department knows it, I don't know. I just don't think the Pistons can afford to give up one of their good players on a roster that, like you said, needs talent. I don't think that they should give up one of their most talented players to take a shot in a draft class that at the back of the first round, I don't think anyone really jumps to, to me at like maybe in a couple more months, you have more time to scout these guys. Maybe, but Frank Jackson is just playing very, very high level basketball. I mean, over his last 15 games, he's averaging 14 and a half points. He's shooting 47% from the field, 38% from the three point line. Like the Pistons need that. The Pistons are one of the, they are the worst shooting team in the league outside of the Oklahoma city thunder. So I, Aaron, I agree. I'm just saying doesn't I, seem conducive to, to getting this team on the right track. And I think that's what needs to happen sooner rather than later, especially if you've been looking at a certain player's trainer's Twitter page <laughs> as of late. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I don't think I'm going to be able to convince you to trade Frank Jackson for a first rounder. What about Frank Jackson uh, for Miles Bridges? How about that, my friend? <laughs> Let's let's transition to that. But first, Jasper, what I'm about to tell you might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field, but he's also a goat when it comes to investing. Who's this, Jeff Garcia? (laughs) He might be the guy that just retired from the game of football. But he, and I'll I'll say he because it's subjective. You could say there's a lot of different goats uh, in, in the quarterback realm, but I think we all know who we're talking about, but this guy also invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. And now you can also invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is our our second sponsor for today's show. Masterworks is an investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. Our prices actually outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% internal rate of return in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of just two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Plus, you can get priority access with our game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. So while you're investing like the GOAT, Ashton the trainer is investing in the Pistons as if Kate Cunningham wants to win right now. And if you look at his Twitter page, over the last couple of days, it's really started to heat up. Uh, We've Mm -hmm. had some tweets from him throughout the season, but these last few days have been something else from him. Uh, He is the trainer of Cade Cunningham, the first, obviously the first pick uh, of the 2021 NBA or 2022 NBA draft. 
2021. I time is something that does not stick with me. <laughs> it's a flat uh, circle, my friend. By the way, between tam- the uh, tampering rules don't uh, apply to like trainers of players, right? Because if so, the Pistons are about to lose all of their draft picks. <laughs> they are going to lose all of them for the next ten years because ever <laughs> he is building the Pistons out like this is NBA 2K22. Um, yeah. He literally said online, he, he said on Twitter, he's like, yeah, I'm already recruiting people to come to Detroit next year. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Did you run this by uh, Adam Silver first? Because um, I'm not trying to get into a Timberwolves situation here. Oh, my God. Which still to this day is one of those situations, which I have to say blows my mind that that Glenn Taylor of the, of the Timberwolves was trying to lost like four first round picks over Joe freaking Smith of all players. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Can you imagine? It's like, Oh yeah. Um, Lori Markinen cost your franchise the next 20 years. Like that sucks. Anyway. Um, so the big name that's been mentioned is mile bridges. As of late, we've also heard from Ashton about the Andre Ayton, and I don't doubt that he is out there recruiting i don't doubt that kate cunningham would like to see some of these players become his teammates down the line i mean are we putting stock in these tweets in this in this person are we are we putting stock in that this stuff might actually be a legitimate potential for detroit in terms of getting these guys or going after these guys i mean sure why not Not because of Ashton to trainer, I I have to say. I don't think he's the mover and shaker. But sure, I mean, look, Miles Bridges obviously has ties to to Michigan. Uh, Flint guy, I mean, you know, he he still represents Flint. I mean, in every sense, he he raps like a Flint rapper. Um, DeAndre Ayton is another dude who absolutely, I think, if the price is right, the Suns have already declined to extend him. Uh, They don't want to pay him max money. The Pistons will have um, something close to max money to give DeAndre Aiden. I'm sure if they want to, they can figure out a way to give him a max contract um, to come to Detroit. And if that's the case, I mean, I could see him taking it because if the Suns won't do it, and I'm not sure there's a lot of other teams around the league that would necessarily be interested in throwing a max contract at DeAndre Aiden. I certainly think he's a possibility and he's a guy that absolutely I would be okay with having here in Detroit, especially if the Pistons do decide to move on from Jeremy Grant to the trade deadline. Look, I mean, Aaron, if you go into next year and your front court is something like DeAndre Ayton, Paolo Banchero, Sadiq Bay, I mean, you got to feel pretty good about that, right? Yeah, I, I do want to, I don't want to be, you know, the, the bad guy here, but, I think DeAndre Ayton's a lot more – I don't know if it's obtainable. I don't think that's the right word because I don't think he'll leave Phoenix. But he would be the better target compared to Miles Bridges. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, wait, to be clear, I want to say I don't think the Pistons are likely to, to get either guy, especially Miles Bridges. I, I think Miles Bridges is staying in Charlotte. I really just yeah. – I have a feeling. Well, I think it's, it's he's going to get paid there. And if you look at the Pistons roster, the, currently they have Jeremy yeah. Grant. And – if they get a top three pick, they're drafting most likely a four. I mean, Holmgren could be a four, could be a five, but Paolo and Jabari are both probably fours. 
I just don't think it, it, it works. I mean, if you want to get rid of Jeremy Grant because you feel like you've got enough coming in at the four or Sadiq Bay is going to be your four, like don't know if necessarily you go and get a guy like Miles Bridges because then you kind of have the similar issue in a sense. Mm-hmm. The Pistons do need a center. DeAndre Ayton would certainly help in that regard. But overall, does this the, – these kind of tweets, I don't know if the right word is concern you, but – we, especially with top draft picks, we hear about a player's camp or top players in the league. We hear about a player's camp and how they have an impact on, you know, where a player goes, mm. who he wants to play with, how a team builds itself. Do, do these kind of tweets kind of draw any comparisons to what we've seen in the past from players in their camps about getting guys together and building a certain sort of team? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I think even more for me is I think of something like the Zion situation or the Kawhi Leonard situation where you have, because first off, Cade's camp absolutely has sway over him. I mean, he didn't go to Oklahoma state for the weather, Aaron. Um, he, He went there because his brother was an assistant coach there. And it's very clear that Cade is a family guy. Uh, and I'm not like Peter Griffin. I mean, he, is somebody that clearly is very dedicated to his family, his daughter, his brother. Um, you know, he's clearly has a camp around him that is dedicated to him and certainly seems to have his best interests in mind, which is something that I think is different than the Zion situation. Um, but yeah, I'm not necessarily concerned about the super team thing. I don't, think his team is in any way unhappy with him being in Detroit they if anything actually seems really excited about him being in Detroit um so I think the thing for me that's maybe a little bit more concerning about his camp is you know if something comes up where there is friction between him and the organization and his camp wants to hold him out his camp wants to move him to a different situation a different team that is definitely something that concerns me because they definitely do seem to have um, a lot of influence over Cade. And I don't mean that in the sense that like, oh, he's not mature enough. I mean that in the sense that he is a team player at the end of the day, and that's his team. And he's going to stick with them. And he's also going to take what they have to say into account. So I'm not necessarily concerned about the super team thing, Aaron, but I am maybe a little concerned about um, how influential the people around him really are yeah well as of now uh, ashton the trainer seems to be a pretty big fan of troy we were tweeted that he was the best gm in the nba uh as part of his twitter tirade i guess is what i'll call it but just <laughs> thought it was interesting uh to see all those tweets i mean it's not something that that you see all the time from a guy that you know is very very close with uh you know a top player a top up and coming player in yeah. the league and we know, look, we know Cade wants to win. I mean, we've seen how frustrated he's gotten at some of these losses, not getting calls, stuff like that. So I'm not surprised to hear that his camp is out there trying to get guys to come play with him because I know that this guy is not going to settle for losing even one more year after this. How about how about this? How about we wrap up this topic with, topic with this? Is there pressure on the Pistons to add an impact player outside of the draft this upcoming offseason? Absolutely. They have. $25 million in cap space. They have to. It's not enough to just bring in your cute signings where you go, ah, look at that. We brought in Frank Jackson and he turned out to be a player. Oh, you know, we 
uh, signs Hamadou Diallo to a below counter. Oh, you know, we brought in Kelly Olenek on a somewhat friendly deal. Great. Like, no, you need to make a splash at a certain point because having good role players on below market deals is great uh, if you're building a team, but you need stars at a certain point, right? No doubt. I agree with that as well. Uh, I think they got to go out and get some sort of impact player. I think it needs to be another guard to play alongside Kate Cunningham, um, but they well, it depends. Also center as well. Yeah. What if they fall to, you know, the fifth, sixth pick in the draft, you're most likely going to be drafting a guard at that point. True. I mean, think you get like AJ Griffin or, you know, Jaden Ivy. I'm, I'm okay there. And then yeah. you go out and you sign your center in free agency. Like I, I can work with that. I do like AJ Griffin. Uh, you really have to commit to Kate as the point guard. If you drafted a guy like that, but that's okay. I don't. I'm okay I, with that. <laughs> yeah, I just over. I feel like they need another guy that can handle the basketball. But I do like AJ Griffin a lot. Um, I think Pistons fans are probably losing their mind at us talking about the Pistons having the fifth or sixth pick in the draft. So I think we should cut our losses there and move on. Um, so one thing before we get into our final topic, one thing I wanted to talk about was NordVPN. I hear people say that VPNs have a rep for slowing down your internet speed, but not with NordVPN because it's the fastest VPN in the world. I don't have to sacrifice internet speed for better security. With NordVPN, my internet traffic is routed through a secure encrypted tunnel, which protects my data and privacy. I can also have NordVPN on up to six devices, like a laptop, phone, iPad, or smart TV. So all of my devices are protected anywhere I go. It's the equivalent to buying a cup of coffee every month a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to vast amounts of entertaining content. There's also a 30-day money-back guarantee if NordVPN is not for you, so there's really no risk involved. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus an additional month for free. That's a heck of a deal. Again, use the promo code BLEAV or go to nordvpn.com slash BLEAV for 70% off your NordVPN plan plus an additional free month if you're looking for premium security while maintaining high internet speed. Make sure to check out our sponsor, NordVPN. Let's get into our third topic here, if you're ready. Oh, yeah, of course. I was going to say, I use NordVPN myself, and and I maintain that it's very good, and everybody should have a VPN for your internet security. They are absolutely crucial. That's my my PSA for today. (laughs) From a loyal customer to our listeners' ears, NordVPN is your safe VPN friend. Let's get into our third and final topic, the NBA trade deadline. It is very, very quickly approaching. It is next Thursday, February 10th. And the month of January was hot with trade talk. It was hot with trade. There was a lot of stuff being discussed. It's honestly quieted down a fair amount. And it's starting to look like it's going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline. Mm -hmm. One of those names that was being thrown around anywhere and everywhere was Jeremy Grant. He's also one of those names that has seemingly cooled off in a little bit. From the latest we've heard, the Kings are still the most interested team in Grant. Now, I said back in January that I don't think Grant ends up getting moved 
Jasper, you said that you did. Are you still yeah. confident in that, or are you maybe not as much now that you're seeing some of the more recent reports coming out? No, I'm I'm not feeling extra, very confident about it. You know, it's always interesting, Aaron. I feel like the trade deadlines where there's so much chatter leading up to them, those are always the ones that end up being disappointing. And the ones where leading up to it, there's almost no talk, and everyone's like, oh, I guess we're nothing's going to happen during the trade deadline. I feel like those ones are always the craziest ones. So I, I should have seen it coming, I suppose. But the more I'm, I'm hearing about these trade rumors and the packages being thrown around, um, I'm starting to think you might have been onto something, Aaron. I, I really am. Uh, it's because the, the Kings package that I've been seeing of something like, um, you know, Marvin Bagley and like, Buddy Heal, that does not interest me at all. I don't think it interests you either. Um, yeah, I, for me, I'm. I think you you might be right, Aaron. I. It's looking more and more unlikely that Jeremy Grant gets moved at this trade deadline, and that's okay. Actually, I. I you kind of once we started talking about the Kings, there's been some other stuff coming up about the Kings uh, as we get closer to the deadline. De'Aaron Fox seems like a name that's that's available. And there's been talks of a Kings Knicks swap of Fox for Julius Randle. Well, wait, am I crazy or did I not just see something the other day that said the Kings are not interested in moving De'Aaron Fox? I think I think they're just saying both and seeing what happens. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. It is the Kings, huh? Because there's been a lot of Julius Randle, De'Aaron Fox swap stuff on my timeline lately. Ugh. And I don't know. I mean, in theory, are you... Sw- would you swap Jeremy Grant for De'Aaron Fox? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I don't think there's any question about that. A hundred percent. A backcourt of De'Aaron Fox and Cade Cunningham. Yeah. I'm instantly, I'm looking at this team. Look, this is, this is one of those like tenants that I hold to be pretty true is you win in the regular season through your guards. That's, that's what wins you game in the end games in the NBA regular season. Um, you go far in the playoffs because you have a good big man. And you win championships because you have the best wing. And, like, that's how I think the NBA kind of works. So if if you have a backcourt of Cade Cunningham and De'Aaron Fox, that is a nightmare because De'Aaron Fox is so quick, so fast, and Cade Cunningham is, like, the opposite. He's so deliberate. It's kind of like the, the New York Giants, like, thunder and lightning backfield. It's just two completely different types of players that defenses would have to handle. Yeah, without a doubt, I would totally make that trade. Um, all you got to do is make sure you can get, you know, that jumpy, jumpy guy to to get lobs from from Cade and, and Deer and Fox because they'll be eating them up, eating them up. I would definitely do that trade. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, would, you, would you? I think I would. I think I would. I mean, Fox is just a, a guy that intrigues me. And, you know, I like Jeremy Grant a lot. But, again, we kind of hit on it a little bit earlier. The Pistons might end up being might end up drafting a four in this year's draft anyway. You know, I'd said I've maintained that I'm not a, a fan of trading Grant for a couple, you know, f- young prospects that really haven't figured it out yet or a late, you know, first round pick because I think he's more valuable than that. But Darren Fox is a piece that you you can build with. What does scare me with him is on top of nursing an ankle injury right now, he's making less than a three-pointer per game. He's shooting 25% from the three-point line. Like that is genuinely concerning. You know, part of my hesitation to trade for Ben Simmons was his lack of floor spacing. And De'Aaron Fox has not been that much better this year. I mean, yeah, he is willing to shoot them, but 
he's not been shooting them at anywhere near a good enough rate. Um, so that is definitely, definitely concerning. His numbers have really dropped across the board. Uh, I think that there's a lot of, of guard stuff going on in Sacramento. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton has really come on this year as a big, big time player. They added Davion Mitchell as well. Even Terrence Davis has played good minutes for them at the guards, mm-hmm. but when he's got an opportunity. So there's a lot of other factors going on there. The injuries uh, as well could be affecting him, but he's just 24 years old. If it's Jeremy Grant is the cost, that is, and I don't even, I don't necessarily consider it a risk, but that is something that I could definitely, definitely talk myself into. I think Fox is definitely an intriguing player. And even if he can get his three point shooting to 34%, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, the shooting is worrisome because he did shoot 37% in the 2018, 2019 season, but he was under 30% the next year. He shot 32% last season. And again, he's at 25% right now. So I, I guess the thing for me is like, if you get a, a big man who can shoot a little bit, that's not a concern for me because then you can play Kate off ball a little bit more. And De'Aaron Fox can be, you know, the guy who's initiating the offense. And I don't know. I don't think it's that big an issue. I, I do understand the concern. I mean, a, a player shooting 25% from three point land is not good, but I mean, he is still a really good finisher. Um, yeah. I mean, over the last three, from yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like over the last three seasons, De'Aaron Fox is shooting like 54% from two point range. Like he's really, really dangerous. And you can, I think, mitigate some of that poor shooting with Cade's outstanding shooting. For me, I think of them as contrasting styles. Like you have the explosive guard that really likes to get downhill. And then you have the deliberate guy who can shoot. And, and is, you know, hyper-skilled. Um, I definitely think they could play together. And just from a talent perspective, it's the same thing we said with John Collins when those those trade rumors were, were thrown around. Is like, who do I think is more talented? I think John Collins is more talented than Jeremy Grant. I think De'Aaron Fox is more talented than, De- than Jeremy Grant. And from that perspective alone, I have to take it. Then you take into account the fact that he's younger as well. And, you know, he hypothetically fits next to Kate even better. Um, for me, I, I think that's the that's how you have to look at these kind of ideas uh, if you're the Pistons. Outside of Jeremy Grant, there really hasn't been a whole lot on any other Piston in the trade market. Um, I don't know if you expect anyone else on this I, roster to get dealt by February 10th, but yeah, I think it'll be like a going to be. Who would I think it'll be like remember last year, Delon Wright? Like we all thought he was going to get traded, but nobody was really saying where he was going to get traded. I think that's very likely. We get something like maybe Corey Joseph gets moved. Maybe Trey Lyles gets moved. I don't know. Maybe nobody gets moved. That's also very possible, but um, they do have a lot of guys with team options for next year or the two years. And like, I definitely think there's going to be somebody traded. It's not going to be a big thing, but I would be surprised if Troy Weaver didn't make any moves. Right. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I I could see, I I could see Trey Lyles getting moved. He's been playing better basketball as of late. but with Olenek back in the fold, with Grant back in the fold, Lyles is back down to the four spot where he was not playing his best basketball. He was actually playing his best minutes at the five. Mm-hmm. Lyles going back down to the four has sent Hamadou Diallo back down to the three. It's also kicked him out of the starting lineup with Grant back. So I think they might try to move Lyles. It, it allows Diallo to play the backup four and more minutes for him, you know, kind of bouncing between either of the forward spots. Uh, I don't, I don't know necessarily if it happens, but 
I guess if I'm picking a piston to get moved, it would be Trey Lyles. I I, I could see Corey Joseph, but I think I think they kind of need him at, at this yeah. point. Yeah, they because they do. don't have enough guards uh, on the roster. So yeah, I mean, unless unless you think Rodney Magruder is uh, is oh he could get dealt. He, he's, he's been playing. He's been playing. He's been playing pretty pretty. Good. He already did get dealt. <laughs> right. We know. We know you can trade him. <laughs> so hey, yeah, that's maybe that's the guy. I mean, yeah. Magruder who knows? Lyles. I mean, look. I like the idea. I mean, Lyles makes a lot of sense because I, I do like. Diallo coming off the bench like he's such a great garbage man he he's just going to get his 10 points no matter what yeah. right he's going to get his putbacks he's going to get his slashes it doesn't really matter if he's in with the starting lineup or the backups um so I, I'm I have no issue with Diallo being being on the bench and if moving Trey Lyles just makes it a little bit easier for that bench unit to work defensively as well like I have no problem with that whatsoever, especially since I don't think Trey Lyles, you know, trade value is ever going to be higher probably than it is right now. Yeah. It's, it's tough to see it getting higher. I think it's, it's more likely to get lower as as each game progresses. But uh, with that being said, I mean, anything else that you wanted to talk about uh, along with the trade deadline or just in general with the Pistons this week? You know, I'm really interested to see how, We've talked about it on the podcast and we've been, you know, wondering what is the answer now that Jeremy Grant is back, how does city play play? Um, you know, his first game against the Pelicans, he was not very good. Uh, but that was mainly a symptom of him just missing wide open threes, which kind of feels a little bit familiar if you remember the beginning of the season. Uh, but then he was much, much better against the Timberwolves. So I'm interested to see how Sadiq Bay plays now that Jeremy Grant is back into the fold do they keep his his role simple does he keep on doing that catch and shoot stuff um or does he go back to bricking open threes like he did when when Grant was was playing at the beginning of the season so for me that is definitely something to keep an eye on uh the early results are kind of mixed so it's something I'll certainly be paying attention to I don't know about you Aaron yeah no doubt I think that as the trade deadline comes closer Unless Grant gets dealt, which seems unlikely at this point, all the eyes are going to be on how he fits and how the Pistons perform uh, with him, Sadiq Bey, and Kate Cunningham whenever he returns uh, from injury. But I think with that, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. We have, again, the trade deadline next Thursday, February 10th. So we'll see if we've got one more podcast in us prior to the deadline. Might not get it until after the deadline we'll i was gonna say it's out we might have to wait until after the deadline for for that podcast because if jeremy grant gets dealt and we don't have it i'm gonna feel real dumb <laughs> right so more than likely we'll see you again either late thursday or early friday uh, but that being said that's gonna do it for this week's show here on the palace of pistons podcast brought to you by the believe podcast network thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.